0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at Mintmobile.com/slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at Mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
0: Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. This episode of Steel Wars is brought to you by Movement Watches, which, if you've heard a little bit of buzz about on the internet, is because they are the world's fastest-growing watch company, and here's why. They were started by two broke college kids that were super into watches and couldn't afford the stylish, minimalistic style that they wanted to wear. So they started their own watch company, which, as a self-produced content producer... I can really get behind. The pricing starts from just $95 because they sell direct to you, avoiding the department store middleman markup. Guys, these middlemen, they're just getting in the way, but not through movement watches. They've sold over 1 million watches in 160 countries, and I've been rocking the 40 series 40 millimeter blue gold watch which has been turning a few heads. But don't hate the player, hate the game. They have a bevy of styles, both for men and women, and also some really nice sunglasses that I am eyeing off. Pun not intended. So, here's the deal. Get 15% off today with free shipping worldwide and free returns by going to MVMT.com. Dot com slash steelwars so that's mvmtmov.com forward slash steel wars. the link will be in the show notes and on the website if you are after a really clean designed watch at a way higher value than you will be paying then join the movement at mvmt.com forward slash steelwars just a heads up, there is a slight issue with my microphone for the first part of the podcast. It doesn't get in the way too much and clears up pretty early on. So just bear with it while it's there. Thanks so much hey you guys welcome to steel wars i'm comedian steel saunders and i do love star wars and each week we find someone of interest to talk about it with and this week we have got returning guest the man of the week he is at breznikan the brez and oh my god did he utilize those handsome good looks and charming smile on those Entertainment Weekly videos. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, Anthony Bresnik.
1: It's good to be here. I'm the, technically the man of last week, though. <laughs> Whoever the man of this week is, is not me.
0: You're still the man this week oh,
1: Two weeks in a row. Well, it was a double issue.
0: What does that mean, double issue?
1: So that means uh, the issue is twice as large mm-hmm. uh, of Entertainment Weekly, and it, it uh, doesn't come out the next week. So... You know, it's entertainment weekly, right? So every week there's a new issue, except when it's a double issue and that means everything's crammed into one. It was because it was our fall movie preview. That gives us more room to hit fifty films. Gotcha. And have a big cover story and all that as well. So um so yeah. So this issue's
0: is so big it's made it entertainment bi weekly.
1: Yep. Interesting. Well
0: we're an inclusive podcast. Here we are. So By Curious. We have bi-weekly. Weekly and <laughs> Bi Weekly magazines <laughs> are welcome. I'm interested with the you're saying the it's it's a two week release, and I went looking for it last night, and I can't find it. Yeah, that's that's
1: no that's not good. Where did you look? I went to Book Soup. Yeah, they should have it. You know, I'll tell you, with the Star Wars covers, they sell out pretty fast.
0: Oh, I so saw You think it maybe was there, and just that hot Brez action out the door.
1: Star Wars goes really fast. Brez. But you you'll be able to find it. <laughs> I would check a Barnes and Noble. They they typically have like a lot of copies around. The so when did it actually get
0: released? This is what I'm interested. I'm interested with it seems like you put out all your articles and, and we should preface that Bresniken just swamped Star Wars News with a week of uh, The Last Jedi stuff. And where um, because I don't know, I'm in LA, I'm living the Hollywood lifestyle, I, I see an article in a magazine that I enjoy and then I track down that author and go to his house and have him read it to me. This is my new thing. Here we are. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm going to the Playboy Mansion next.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, you know, it it technically came out last Friday. The magazine hits stands on Friday. Wednesday, we typically reveal our cover, usually Wednesday or Thursday. Mm -hmm. With something like Star Wars, we go a day early and hit Wednesday because... The issue closes Tuesday night. So that means we f- put, make sure we have all of our spelling errors in there and whatever <laughs> mistakes are going to be made. That's where That's, it locks. L- Lucasfilms one word. Exactly. <laughs> Lucasfilms. <laughs> Two words. Capital F. Um, but we make sure we close it all on Tuesday night, and it goes to the printer Wednesday morning. And with Star Wars and with some Marvel films and other like really high-interest properties – well, our concern is that somebody at the printing facility could just take out his or her phone and start snapping pictures of all of the exclusive new images and the story and all that could make its way online before we have a chance to reveal it. So we go Wednesday, first thing Wednesday morning with here's our cover reveal. And then the way I like to do it with a, with my cover stories is, you know, I write a piece for the magazine that's about 1600, 1700 words. But there's always more detail like these are really the hardest thing about writing a star wars story is f- figuring out what not to include because mm-hmm. it'd be so much easier to write a 3000 word star wars story than it is a 1600 word star wars story mm-hmm. um and you have to like kind of figure how you're going to zig and zag and hit the caretakers and the porgs as well as the main theme of luke and ray and the perils of meeting your hero but then we also got to get finn and um and Rose in there, and we also got to hit DJ, the Benicio del Cor- Toro character. So it's like you've got to connect these dots and make these this little constellation of a story. But there's so much more to say than you can fit in that piece. And I really am grateful that the internet exists because I take my story, I cut it up into seven or eight pieces. I think it was eight pieces for this story. And then each one is like a starfish; it grows into a, its own its own feature. And, uh, and, and the way we did it was we teased like, Hey, here's part one, part two is coming next part three. There'll be, you know, more, more stories tomorrow. And so, uh, you know, I chose the most important things for the, for the first day's rollout and they followed that cover reveal. And then we have some stuff on Thursday and then some stuff on Friday. I feel like they are of. Uh, somewhat diminishing interest I, although I h- hesitate to say even that because I tried to save some really good stuff for for Thursday You know, well, you're
0: was, closed with a bit of ray parentage.
1: Yeah, but that was a little more like you weren't getting a ton of information Just sort of why her parentage was important. Not I'm never even if I knew who her parents were I couldn't bring knows, myself to reveal He them. knows everyone. <laughs> He's winking to me uh <laughs> But I wanted to say for Thursday, like I wanted to lead with uh, Leia and Carrie Fisher in her last role and what we know about that. I was really proud of that story. That's the one that said uh, that Leia is forming this sort of surrogate son, surrogate mother relationship with Poe Dameron. I thought that was pretty cool and interesting and that she's grooming him for a position of leadership, not just as as an ace pilot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what happens is I spend the weekend writing that story it closes you know it's edited monday it closes tuesday so there are all sorts of last minute fact check questions wednesday you know tuesday i'm writing like this week's cover i wrote a couple of those stories on tuesday but then i wrote i a, read a few of them in the morning sometimes i wake up and people are like hey, we're waiting for the new star wars story <laughs> well wait until i get my cup of coffee made and then i you know i i get the kids off to school and then i trot into that office upstairs and sit down and figure out what I'm going to say to expand it. I I usually give try to give myself a couple hours ahead of time to, before the story rolls out. But some, sometimes you just get so busy, you know, I'll write it, I'll file it. I'll tweet. Hey, here comes that, Leia story here comes a uh, Benicio del Toro story and No, then... can I start writing your tweets that's why
0: I want it... I want to write your your weak tweets like here comes some of that Bresnikan and hate
1: <laughs> see I wouldn't do that you <laughs> called me the Brez it's, if you want to call me Brez that's fine but I'm not the mooch <laughs> to. I don't put a the before my name like the situation the mooch just Brez is fine
0: no the Brez is so good
1: it is <laughs>
0: so good and then whenever I hear anyone mention it on a podcast Cast, like the brez i'm just i just lean back and <laughs> i gotta do a brez sticker we're gonna get some brez merch going right. that sounds cool i pl- I mentioned some of your merch in one of those stories i am aware of that did you get my text about the merch yeah i i thought that was very kind of you oh to yeah because for everyone listening there was a mention of snoke theories and it had a little secret easter egg to my your snoke theory sucks uh, well i figured rather
1: page. than linked two bogus Snoke theories, I would le- link to the Kenner symbol that says your Snoke theory sucks.
0: Not so much for sales of of said t-shirt, which, which are, you know, if, if anyone wants to buy one, that's fantastic. But I was very flattered. I grew up as this kid on the other side of the planet and Star Wars seemed so far away. And mm. with that your Snoke theory sucks thing, the fact that, like a silly joke and logo thing that I made, like, is like just caused a slight ripple in mm-hmm. Star Wars. Like that, the fact that people that make Star Wars know something that I did, mm-hmm. just seems really weird oh, to me. But that's cool.
1: I think they appreciate it because I think they think everybody's Snoke theory sucks.
0: <laughs> <sighs> oh, I tell you what doesn't suck, and that's that robe, the golden robe. Oh my god! If if Think Geek or some company. They
1: have to bring out a Snoke robe. It's a little Hugh Hefner, isn't
0: it? I'm all about it. I'm all <laughs> about it. I can wear it for my next appointment at the Playboy Mansion. It's a little I'm like Hugh
1: about. Hefner meets the Mandarin kind
0: of. <laughs> it's sweet. It's sweet. It's like if Hugh Hefner like, stayed in a bathtub for like eight weeks, he'd come out all wrinkled, looking like Snoke.
1: Or just Hugh Hefner not in a bathtub for eight weeks. He's pretty wrinkled, looking <laughs> like Snoke.
0: You might have a point there so I'm interested and I'm impressed with the notion that because you're dropping such hot content that you're going to leak it earlier than you normally would to beat because I find this frustrating with the licensing from Lucasfilm and stuff we just had Comic Con and they're not allowed to really mention any of the new toys and then in the two weeks, this happens every year, two weeks after Comic-Con, all the leak photos come out. Just- mm-hmm. Production, because they're in factories and people are yeah. taking photos of them. And it's like, understand the realm that you're in. Yeah. The internet really realm. Should. Know the rules and work that to your advantage. So I, I think it's... Because I was curious at why... Because I was like, well, you want to sell magazines, don't you? What's more... Profitable magazines or website clicks, and, but when you bring up that, it, that that sort of sheds some light on why it, ca- it came yeah. out way before. Or and and I, I and mean way before content. in days.
1: It's different content. Like the story that I wrote for the magazine is, it's just entirely different. There are p- there are paragraphs in there that are the same because I'll take, like I said, I will take a piece of it and say, mm-hmm. okay, here's my Luke and Ray opening, and now I'm going to expand that and add all the extra quotes that I didn't have room to fit, mm-hmm. and. uh, it's a different product, you know, they're, they're all the same photos there. Actually, there are more photos online. You get way more online than you do with the magazine, but the magazine it's laid out and it's curated. So it's more of like a collector's item. That's the way I see it. I don't know if that's how my bosses see it, but then there are also people who read the magazine who aren't going to go online and, and, and read the stories for whatever reason, um, because they feel like they already got it. I don't know. So we find that our readers of print and digital are just different. Yeah.
0: I was actually kind of glad I didn't find the magazine last night Mm -hmm. because I tweeted out that I couldn't find the magazine and someone sent me just a video they made of them just like flicking through the pages and directly after, like, it's not like a, it's just like dun, 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 dun. they're not they're not burning up your content, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Don't okay. do He's giving me he's, the Brez hey, is giving point. me the patented Brez evil eye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just resting bitch face. <laughs> R- resting Brez face. that's, uh, that's uh, interchangeable. <laughs> <laughs> and straight after the Star Wars article finished, it went straight to the the it oh yeah clown. And I was like, yeah, nah, dog. I don't want to. You're not in that. It's you don't too- like the
1: clown? Pennywise isn't your jam? No. Nah. So, yeah, so yeah, there was that story I, in there too. We've- much
0: rather the band than the clown.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's more my thing. More my
0: thing. How does it, the whole process start of, of, of you reaching out? We're going to do the full preview. I, I just need to know this stuff. For yeah. when I bump you out of the way, I know what to do. There you go.
1: We'll give you all the trade secrets. I mean, it starts way in advance, months in advance. Uh, we, we map out our publishing schedule, and I think there's always it's always competitive to be on the cover of the fall movie preview because that's one of our best-selling issues of the year. And when you add Star Wars... It's, it's twice the size. And it's, it's twice the good good size. <laughs> it's my heart. But, the, but the, anything with Star Wars on it is also really popular so you know it, when you combine those two it's good for everybody it's good for them because they get the extra juice of being on the fall movie preview and we get a little extra juice of star wars fans coming and picking up the magazine so um so they like to be on that issue and if you notice like lucasfilm is really a creature of habit they put out a behind the scenes video in the middle of summer they put out a trailer in the spring they put I don't. I'm not giving you inside information, but I would guess there's going to be a, a trailer in October, just like they're following mm-hmm. all all the same patterns. And in September, you've got your release of all the merchandise and products and toys and games and T-shirts and posters and whatnot and books. Mm-hmm. And so, keep listing more types of products. Yeah, <laughs> dog food. I think there are, is uh, toilet scrubbers in there that have Star Wars emblazoned I- on them. <laughs> You no, know, you name I, it. I gotta say, this I think dog- there's. I wouldn't be surprised to find that there's a funeral director somewhere who's buying Star Wars brand embalming fluid. <laughs> like <laughs> I just think everywhere uh, every pretty much every product under the sun.
0: Out Gene Simmons, Gene Simmons on that
1: one could have a yeah. Every product that could have you could slap Star I mean, Wars on. In
0: this dog food though, do you think it's going to be like a hundred percent pure pork, or what's going
1: on? There? I would say probably fifty percent pork, and uh, and then fifty. 50- newspaper (laughs) but we but we plan this out for months like it's it's like okay here's our issue uh the actual planning of the interviews this time happened much later though because uh disney was so busy with d23 and the same team that works on a lot of the marvel films does a lot of the star wars films so uh they were tied up with black panther which i was also doing so i went from covering black panther putting that on the cover of our magazine So the very next week d23 which was which was like a whole week's worth of news crammed into two days then uh straight to comic-con which is its own kind of marathon and then right after comic-con the disney and lucasfilm folks were like okay now we're ready to focus on on the the last jedi cover which was great because i couldn't focus on it until then but it was not great because then we only had a week to do the all the interviews and get the story together but we pulled it off, so.
0: But it makes the content that much hotter.
1: I guess so. I like to have a, a little extra time with it, you mm-hmm. know. But we, we pulled it together.
0: And, and so from start to finish, how, like, how many weeks did like, this project take?
1: Like two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. I would say one week of like doing the interviews and writing the cover and one week of rolling it out online which was all sort of written probably a day ahead of time. Yeah. Each, each batch of stories was sort of written the day before.
0: I love the thought that when people are tweeting you, like when's the next thing, they're actually bothering you while you're trying to... Oh,
1: yeah. No, but it's also like I'll say like, hey, here comes this story. And then, uh, you know, it'll be going through the editing process. And it's like I have like a bunch of editors online who are like, hey, where's that? Come on, let's go. Give me the, give me the Leia story. Okay, it's coming. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs>
0: With the photos and stuff, do they send you like a packet beforehand to to work off like how's cuz you're sort of unlike other people that are writing about Star Wars, you're writing about stuff that's not released yet.
1: Yeah. Well they they'll send some images. Usually there's a conversation ahead of time. And there are a lot of people involved in this, not just me. They're photo editors and my editor. And they'll say, here's what we had in mind for the cover. We'd like to do multiple images, like a split run cover. So there's Ray on one issue and and Mark Hamill as as Luke Skywalker on another. Can I just
0: (laughs) say, I really hope you've got a gruff editor with a mustache. It's like, we need photos of Snoke. Snoke.
1: (laughs) He's not like J. Jonah Jameson. But Sean Smith is my editor, and he's like my brother. So he, uh, he we, we're a really good team. We've known each other for a really long time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we're both we're very similar personalities. You know, so I think uh, he sounds like a great guy. He's really awesome. We're different. We're totally ac- if it's possible to be totally different people but the same sensibility. Like, like just we're both really passionate. We're both. A little bit hot headed. <laughs> uh, we're both like fired up, but also extremely reasonable and handsome. <laughs> so, uh, but he, uh, no, so he and I will talk and we'll say, like, here's what I think we should do, here's what I think the angle should be. And you discover some of that as you're reporting it too. But, like, okay, we should do Luke and Ray on the cover. Like, we both agree that's a good one, so we'll go to Lucasfilm and say, that this is what we'd like to do they'll say well here's what we have in mind like with the rogue one cover here's the cast members we want to put on there and we had different ideas about what we wanted to see you know so there's sort of a back and forth you know like rather than put the whole team on there we wanted to focus on a few Mm -hmm. um and so because from the magazine perspective it's, it's just hard to construct a cover with Lots of people, because then they get really small. <laughs> so you want bigger images of folks and faces and eye contact. There's a whole bunch of thinking and philosophy that goes into that. And but- if you mentioned
0: Darth Vader on the bottom. People
1: complain. It's yeah, really people, You get some dude from Australia who <laughs> walks in and is like, welcome come you didn't make a bigger deal out of that?" Um. So, uh, you know, so so we'll go with to them with that, and then they have a batch of photos that they're ready to offer and like you know sometimes i'll look at them these are great this one's good excellent we really wanted to get a new image of uh, dj the benicio del toro character but that didn't happen they didn't it wasn't that they resisted it so much but there were certain people within disney and lucasfilm who liked that idea who pushed for it i'm not sure who nixed it but somebody high enough to close that gate did and just said no i'm not ready to talk any further about uh or not ready to show any other images of uh, of Benicio, and also no new images of Admiral Holdo, the Laura Dern character. So I was hoping to get some of that, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I I actually felt like this time the information that they gave about the story was more interesting than the images. Like the images didn't show anything besides the creatures, uh, the caretakers, the porgs, and the uh, and the uh, Praetorian Guard. Those were new, mm. uh, but we didn't get we didn't get some some things that i was hoping we would get but there was still information about them that was i thought pretty valuable um you know like they gave us an image of of kylo Ren's starfighter which they'd already put out at comic-con so like i I was sort of like well this one's not really yeah i talked to the photo editor like we've already had this we've already seen this image of leia and ryan johnson talking so like you know the the value of that was somewhat limited but um you know we try to try to make do with what we get And so there are things they're not ready to show. We just make the argument, here's what we would really like to see. And then there were a couple images they showed us that then we didn't run, but then they pulled them back. Uh, The filmmakers decided that showed too much.
0: Okay. When you go into do, say with, with Ryan Johnson, do you think there's much of a plan beforehand at Lucasfilm's end of like what they want in the article? Like, do they have, like, we're going to reveal this, that, and the other, or do you think it's more your line of questioning that sort of shapes what they talk
1: about? Well, a lot of the images came through before the interview. Mm-hmm. So, they were ready to reveal the porgs. They were ready to reveal Praetorian Guard and caretakers, and... Um, like I said, I was pushing for some of these extra things, a little more information, especially about Benicio Del Toro's character. That guy is still very much a mystery. And I got the information, that they didn't, they didn't have a new image. So he wasn't a priority for them to reveal, but I found out what I wanted to find out about him anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm confused about his character
1: mm-hmm. and DJ. Is DJ his in-universe code name? I don't know. I don't understand that either that's something they're not ready to to show off but slicers which is the new piece of information that I got yeah what uh, they're ha- they're the Gal- galaxy's version of hackers mm-hmm. they tend to use code names that are alphanumeric so it might be that they're trying to track down DJ gotcha and i have a feeling that he is he has a real name but the dj is his moniker right? All right, yeah. Because I wasn't con- that's I- his Mister Robot. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether, like on set,
0: we'll just refer to him as DJ rather than the name that would mm-hmm. maybe reveal something or they want to keep secret. That Who knows? could be too.
1: We don't know that. I that I don't know th- that I don't know the answer to. I love the word slicer. Yeah, it's a cool like
0: you know when Star Wars like tries to bring in like like Coffees is called calf, and it's like,
1: eh, it's a little bit whack. Well, droid, droid comes from Android. Yeah. Uh, Nothing else. You can't call any other robot a droid. Droid is specific to the Star Wars universe. So it's good world building. Mm. But like for
0: Slicer as the name of a hacker, it's like, it means the same thing, but it's cooler. Yeah.
1: It's like Slicer. Hacker sounds much more like you're just sort of ham fisted, (laughs) you know, Indelicately chopping your way through But slicer implies a kind of precision That you don't get Yeah, hacker hacker sounds like the way
0: My cat uses a keyboard Which is just press all the buttons at once
1: Here's a mind bender for you In the Star Wars universe Do you think they have Fiction TV show or books Or whatever their version of movies is Some kind of holographic deal That's set in our world And they're like, huh They call (laughs) They're slicers, hackers, which, and we're like their Game of Thrones because we're more primitive, but we've got all our own words for things. And we've got sort of this rudimentary warfare and machines. They're like, look at that. They don't have flying starships, but they have these tanks and they roll on treads, fitting their primitive lifestyle. All right. Maybe,
0: but I'll take it one step further. When they're watching the show of our lives... And they see, like, what's happening in the political environment. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, that's... And someone goes, yeah, well, that's like, you know, if you're against that, you should be against the Death Star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then people tweet, like, don't bring, don't bring politics into my Earth show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your Trump
1: theory sucks. <laughs> Who is Trump? Who is he? Who is this disfigured character <laughs> that we've never seen before? Is he who is he which, which figure from the past is he <laughs> which uh, <laughs> that is, it's such a well, I mean thing. there's somebody saying I think Trump is just Trump <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's there's makingearthshow.com <laughs> and they're like one of our sources says he's some kind of reality TV star and then everybody's like no come on this is Earth Show is really jumping the bantha here like it's <laughs> Trump is from a rea- who who wouldn't who would ever vote for a guy who's like a bankruptcy addict whose only qualification is that he was on a TV show that doesn't make any sense. No, that's what I heard they're going to do. They're going to reveal that he was just some guy from a reality show. I don't I don't know if I like these new these new earth show makers. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they should have left it at the original trilogy.
0: They should have just left it with God. He, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Once he retired, that was it. That's deep, man. I, I'm, I don't know where we are now. We are, we are
1: we are the Star Wars universe version of Game of Thrones. That's my that's my alternate universe theory. What a,
0: I was gonna say what a bad show, but then I actually remembered what shows are on TV, and I was like,
1: oh no, not bad. Not well, they like the effects are a lot better now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really confused. I'm, I'm, I'm folding We in. were talking about, uh, where did we leave off? We're, well, we, we just went off into into like uh, smoking weed land. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, what were we talking about? Uh, the rollout of stories or something? Yeah. Oh, how, we, how we position like what we ask yeah. for versus what we get. Oh, so then when you, I think you were asking like when I talked to Ryan, like are they trying to push a certain idea? Here's what I will say about that. No. Like, I didn't feel like... I felt like if I we'd gotten on the phone and I was like, okay, Ryan, tell me what you want, want me to know, that I don't know that he would have known where to begin. But the way I started our conversation was um, I said, one of the things that I'm picking up from the trailer and from some of the behind-the-scenes information that I've heard from my sources is that one of the themes of this movie is going to be meeting your heroes and the perils of that, like that old adage, never Mm -hmm. meet your heroes. They'll only disappoint you because I'd heard about Rose and Finn being a big deal, you know, being the big deal. He boasted he was in the force awakens and that Rose admires him and that that's the source of their friendship. Then there's Ray meeting Luke Skywalker and he pushes her away. We know Kylo Ren is retreating to the side of Snoke. Who's his mentor on the dark side. So I brought up the idea of the heroes theme and i think this is where you want to not to sound like i'm i'm boasting or anything but this is where you want somebody who has been paying attention and is aware of like what the filmmakers are doing and i'm able to synthesize that and make it a theme right so here's a theme i've noticed am i am i on the right track with this and then ryan is able to say yes absolutely in fact it goes even further than that it's a meta way of me talking about meeting my own heroes showing up on set and there's Luke Skywalker and there's Leia and there's Chewie. Unfortunately, no Han Solo (laughs) for obvious reasons, but he's meeting the heroes that he imagined as a boy and, uh, and, and made up his own stories with, with action figures. And now he's doing it with a real thing. And you know, that's always a little bit tricky and he has to create a story in which Luke Skywalker is not the strong hero that we remember because he has to give him a new journey. And he's already been a hero. So what do you do to make him interesting and give him an arc to rise to again? And you break the hero. You say he's a broken man. He's got to come back from that. So how do we do that? So that that was an idea that I drew out of him. But if he had said, nah, you're reading this all wrong. Uh, you know, Obviously, I'm open to that. I'm not there to force my view of what Star Wars is. I'm there to say, here are some breadcrumbs i've picked up am i on the right trail Mm -hmm. and then sometimes creators writers directors actors they don't even realize maybe that that is a theme that they've that they've built into the story until you point it out
0: i like that concept especially with ray because the thing that initially got me on the like on board with ray as a character was we went to this um disney had this preview at IMAX in Sydney where they showed eight minutes of the film, of The Force Awakens. And they showed the, from when Finn arrived in Jakku to when they flew into space. And the thing that got me with Ray was that she was a big Luke Skywalker fan. Like when she
1: said- She has the little doll. The little
0: Yeah. And when she said, Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth. And she was amped on Luke Skywalker. And I was in, like, because I just want to meet other Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, her favourite character is my favourite character as well. I'm I'm getting confused with real life and what's happening in the movie. But as the conversation before points out, that is a common theme in this podcast. And I like, in a way, because, you know, I've talked to this before, I'm sure, that all I want Luke Skywalker to do is ignite the green. Mm -hmm. And then you can do whatever you want with Star Wars. I don't, like, that's my satisfied... Thing and I am petrified of it not happening Hmm. like, petrified. But if it does happen, everyone else in that cinema will be aware of my excitement. That I can guarantee, Anthony Mm Bresnikin. But I like the duality of Ray being sort of annoyed with Luke. And I am as well. Mm -hmm. Like she's sort of expressing my feelings. You're not what I want you to be.
1: Yeah. See, and I've heard Star Wars fans, not all of them by any means, but a few say, oh, I don't like this idea of a broken Luke Skywalker. Why can't we keep our heroes? You can keep them, but then you can't have any new movies because if, if he just walks on screen and he's cool confident luke that we saw at the end of return of the jedi uh that means nothing has happened to him over the past 30 years and there's nowhere for him to go where does he go from there mm. he's just gonna stay cool stay competent you've got to give him something new to aspire to you that, that give him a new horizon to look out at that would be a good luke skywalker catchphrase stay cool <laughs> <laughs> stay cool ray <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I don't know. How do you? What do you think about this? We had the original trilogy, mm-hmm. and then you know we had the prequels. But I think what most Star Wars fans wanted, as a whole, was to find out what happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. And we had all the books and all that sort of good stuff. And then we get these movies finally, and it just seems there is a few key things that when you go, they're going to make more Star Wars films after Return of the Jedi, that you think of, and it's like. Han and Luke meeting back up again. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Luke and Leia meeting back up again. Who knows?
1: Let's. I think they will. But that's not based on inside information. That's based on some of these behind the scenes videos where you've got uh, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill palling around to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. They're there on the same day that they're shooting there weren't like tons of units i'm sure there was second unit maybe a third unit or something on this but if they were there at the same time at the same place i think there's a good chance that they're in a scene together but then they could
0: just be there for say that's the day that vanity fair was there so we're going to come in and do the photos or something you're absolutely right i'm just could be this is the thing i don't want to I don't want to ruin the film with my expectations. And and I think this is the film I have the most expectations for. Because
1: it's could be Luke never gets off that island. What do you think? I think that would be a shame. I'd like to see him in action. I don't want him to be Yoda just sitting in his tree, Mm. wasting away. That, that's what I mean. Like wasting away again in Jedi Templeville. <laughs> yeah,
0: like it's very poignant that he stays on the island and and it gets handed on to the new characters. But it's like I don't know if it's entitlement or what. But if you've been, if you're making these other films after Return of the Jedi, and we've waited so long, like I'm not sure if this is right, but I feel like you owe me. You owe me Luke Skywalker in action. You owe Star Wars fans that have waited it out. And I know it's fun to put it all on a twist, and that's what a writer likes to do, but did you ever see that Thunderbirds movie? The puppets? No, they made a real-life one. It was directed by TV's Jonathan Frakes, the man behind the beard on Star Trek. And so... I was so excited. I wasn't a big, like, I, like as an adult, I didn't have Thunderbirds fandom. Mm-hmm. But I used to wake up very early to watch those puppets save people every Saturday morning. When I was little. I think I went to the cinema to see the movie. And the only reason, like, my main thing was, like, I just want to see that. Can- I just want to see a refinery on fire. We're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Help me, International Rescue. The couch moves. And he goes down the slide and i just wanted to go down all the things to get into his thunderbird and then the palm tree bent over and i'm like yes i saw it in live action do you know what i mean that's awesome but in the film all the thunderbirds were stuck up in the space station and the youngest thunderbird that didn't know how to fly any of the thunderbirds had to teach himself how to drive the thunderbirds and so it wasn't the move like it was like we've turned it on its head you know it's like the he-man movie and they're on earth it's like a
1: no. beam to earth. Yeah.
0: Grayskull. Lift the sword up. Turn the cat into a green tiger. Ride it about. That's what I want to see. I don't need to see Courtney Cox doing whatever she yeah. needs to do.
1: Yeah. So, Or with the Dark Tower movie where you've, uh, you've got this whole mystical kingdom, multiple worlds, and we end up in New York City. But <laughs>
0: as I've never read those books... Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm. I'm a very selfish person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: well, you're bringing up Thunderbirds and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. With a couch and palm trees that bend over. And Oh, you really don't know what that is? I knew that it was a puppet show. So when there was an
0: emergency, they'd get a call on the island and all the millionaires that
1: own the Thunderbirds, they had like... They were like Batman where they go down the chute and end yes. up in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very exciting. I picked up on it from what you were describing, but I don't...
0: And I'm pretty sure it was the same footage every week. Yeah, probably. But it was gripping. Yeah. It was great. You know, this couch, this couch we could be on now, it could slide down and we could get into the Bresmobile and <laughs> go
1: solve articles. That's a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> With two kids' car seats in the back. <laughs> well, Glamour <laughs> has its pace.
0: Podcasts like steel wars get the word out and grow their audiences through listener support and that means you if you're on facebook or twitter the latest episode is always pinned to the top of those pages and to help out all you have to do is give us a retweet or share the episode announcement i thank you so much for your support and i literally could not do it without you now enjoy the rest of the show so, yeah, I sort of think, and I know, like, in, in speaking to Ryan, like, he's probably the Star Wars director that I trust the most, because he's such a, he feels like he's me if I went to film school and learned how to make films. Like, he's got that yeah glimmer in his eye about Luke Skywalker.
1: I would say when I talked to him that he had things he wasn't ready to talk about more than he had ideas he wanted to push mm-hmm. you know so it was sort of like and we talked for twice as long as we were scheduled to and uh, uh, thanks to him for being willing to dive deep into some of these topics and, and that's why we have so many stories is because he was willing to share so much
0: how do you find dealing with him and interviewing him about the film coming up compared to JJ?
1: i found uh jj much more he he kept his cards much closer to his chest he revealed he was more concerned about things being spoilers than ryan i think ryan feels like the major plot points of the movie are spoilers but saying that luke and ray have a contentious relationship doesn't seem to be something that bothers him as far as uh you know giving away too much information Hmm. he seems to be more comfortable with just talking about the the movie yeah a little less self-constrained there is jj was was he was he was he was was, jj had more things he was not willing to talk about than ryan um but uh like in terms of but JJ also had created was creating a lot of this mythology and Ryan is too but he's creating the end of it rather than the beginning of it so he's getting the pieces from JJ and then adding to them and carrying them on so JJ had a better sense of like we just had different conversations that was about creating a new saga and this is about continuing the saga if that makes sense
0: so you'd sort of ask about Snoke and he'd say, have you heard about practical effects?
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> <I> guess, yeah.
0: <laughs> what is your gauge of the three films in how they're getting planned out? Like, did J.J. J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan just write that film? They're on the cliff at the end, handing over the lightsaber and... You guys work this out from here.
1: I think so. I think they had an idea for who Rey would be and what her backstory would be. I think they had a vague idea of Snoke's history with Kylo Ren. That's not to say they created a huge backstory for Snoke, but rather the idea that he would have... I think they know how he corrupted Kylo Ren Mm -hmm. and about Luke and the Jedi Academy being taken out. Um. But from there, the ball's in your court. It's time for you to add to this.
0: And so how do you think that works with... I think on, this, on episode seven, it seems sort of, yeah, fair enough. But with Ryan saying that he had nothing to do with episode nine... He wrote a treatment for it. He said he didn't. On tw- he, he sort of made clear that he didn't on Twitter.
1: When he was hired, they said he was writing a treatment for both. Yeah, he's since... Which I think is just natural, because I think you would say... I don't know that he necessarily wrote episode nine, but that he would say, here's where these stories... Here's where I see these stories going. And then it's up to whoever's writing episode nine to take those and either run with them or do away with them. Yeah,
0: because that's... I know the initial report was like, he's writing and directing, and then he's going to write episode nine. But when they were doing all the... The news came out about the new writer... And it was in those reports. It was reported that he wrote a treatment, and he tweeted, "No, just just to clarify, I did not." Hmm. Okay, maybe. Yeah, because I just find that so weird. To I don't know. I don't know. Like it just seems like there should be like the final scene
1: or something should be in pencil, some like in someone's head. I think it is. I don't think the final scene is because I don't think there will be a final scene do you know what i mean by that like i think that they're going to continue st- telling star wars stories oh yeah yeah yeah. but for decades to come so it's like what's the final scene in marvel like i think they're going to wrap up certain story arcs but i think these characters will continue for as long as the actors are willing to play them i always wonder that when you did your thing at celebration
0: you, you hosted that panel and they had you know, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher out there and John Boyega and Daisy Ridley, if, like, they're just looking at the older people, just like going...
1: <laughs> like Ray looks at that old lady and yeah. yeah. <laughs> scrubbing that <laughs> tool, that piece of machinery, like, oh, that's going to be me.
0: I, I, I asked John Boyega about that, and he sort of goes, oh, you know, I can't even worry about a year in the future, let alone 30 years, sort of laughed it off. But... I wonder if there was that ray moment where what it's gra- like what
1: great job security to know that you can always you're always going to be Finn you're always going to be Ray.
0: Yeah. Well, there's also the thing of just like I can I'm now a money generator. I can now decide things and it increases in value. That's amazing. I sign things they go way down. Go way down. Yeah. Way down. Way down. There is one quote from Ryan Johnson in the article. It says, "I don't want to misguide... I have to be very careful with my words here. Mm -hmm. How often is that said in your interviews?
1: Uh, You know, I I write about a lot of things that have deep mythology. So you hear that a lot. And now that came up, the context of that was we were talking about Han Solo and his death in The Force Awakens and also his his impact on this story. Because I was trying to get at, are we going to see a funeral for Han Solo? Are we going to see mention of him made like does his death still play a role in the story or have we kind of moved on from that like obviously he had an impact but does the movie continue to address that and it sounds like the movie continues to address han solo that ray felt a sort of like surrogate fatherhood with him and so his death makes her feel bad about luke skywalker because here this older crusty dude had kind of embraced her and welcomed her aboard as a first mate on the Millennium Falcon. And Luke Skywalker is like pushing her away. And she kind of misses being welcomed the way Han Solo did in his sort of shuffling gruff way. Um, So Ryan said, yeah, you know, Han Solo's ghost is a big part of the story. And as soon as those words were out of his mouth, (laughs) like I, I knew what he meant. I could glean the context from the way he said it. But as soon as those words were out of his mouth, he's like, I don't mean that literally. Like, and I was like, I didn't put this in the story, but I, I said in the interview, like, well, it's too late, man. An unscrupulous reporter would would lead with Han Solo. Ghost Han Solo will appear in in The Last Jedi via the Force. Um, and so he was like, no, no, but his presence, his his history, his impact is still a big part of the story.
0: I think that's so good because if you're going to start the film at the end, you know, straight away, there should be some... Yeah, you can't just get that over that
1: was that was Ryan Johnson's Obama moment. Let me be perfectly clear. <laughs> well, I'm I'm
0: glad you're a, a reporter with uh, with great honor. And and in saying that, the cover of the Entertainment Weekly does ask the question: Who is the Last
1: Jedi? Yeah, and we don't answer it. <laughs> just got Bresnikand. Just got Bresnikand. Yeah, that's for the movie. That is for the movie to answer that. Who is the Last Jedi? that is a very deliberate title so I think we'll know at the end whether there is a last Jedi or not okay Hmm. so you did all
0: the interviews via phone yeah okay how is um talking to Daisy Ridley now compared to before she was Daisy Ridley famous
1: person similar to your question about JJ and Ryan I think there's less pressure on them to be secretive this time I think in the past, with the previous film, they were given very strict parameters of what they could address and what they couldn't in advance. And in some cases, they weren't even available for interviews. A lot of those early stories I did would be J.J. and Kathy, maybe Neil Scanlon, a couple other people like that. Mm -hmm. But the actors, you know, in those initial early stories weren't talking because they didn't want them saying anything too much. Uh, But now they're much more relaxed. They're old hands at this. I feel like they have a better grip on what the story means. We could talk about the themes of it a little more like Daisy being able to say, yeah, Ray is used to being welcomed by everybody, which is great because she was cast off. She was this nobody, this scavenger that nobody wanted around. And in the force awakens, everybody liked her. Even the bad guys liked her. They wanted to know more about her. They were (laughs) fascinated. You know, everybody wanted to get their hands on Ray and, um, uh, it, she said you know this time she's getting Luke. Luke's putting his hand on her to push her off the cliff and say get the hell out of here you know so it's um, it, I feel like she has a better uh, grip on the big picture which prompted your uh,
0: heading of one of the sections it's a shame about Ray
1: yeah
0: did you lean back in your chair pretty cocky after that one
1: yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> tugged on my suspenders and Said, oh, the cleverness of me. <laughs> for, for, for the five uh, 1990s Lemonheads fans out there, there's uh, a little reference to uh, our distant past.
0: I'm sure there's more. There's a bigger crossover than that with Evan Dando and,
1: and Star Wars fans. How many people do you think know that that's a song from the 90s? It's a shame about Ray. Oh, a, f-
0: a fair few.
1: You think? Yeah. Like, I wonder how well that song is remembered. It's not like, it's not like smells like teen spirit or something like that. Where yeah, I don't know. It.
0: The Lemonheads were really big in Australia, so they, they toured a fair bit. So I I actually, you you earwormed me or whatever that term is when, you know, like a song gets stuck in your head. Oh. So all yesterday I
1: had it. It's a shame about Ray. So This is with, what your listeners tune in for is, yeah. the, is the singing.
0: Well, you know, you when you've got a haircut from the 90s, you've got to reference some music from there also from time to time. What about Hamill? Does
1: he seem amped to be... Yeah, he does. You know, he's like us. Like, Harrison Ford is not like us. Harrison Ford is like... I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know about the Star Wars stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess you guys... Yeah. It's the force or something. You know, like he's he takes the script. He I think he puts his heart into the, the character and in the work, but he's not a fan. And Mark Hamill's a fan. Yeah. Mark well, Hamill would be a huge Star Wars fan if he wasn't Luke Skywalker.
0: Yeah. I've always said that. Like Mark Hamill's out of the cast the most likely to go see a Star Wars. So build. Mark
1: Hamill starts talking about like, Oh yeah, I created this whole backstory for Luke Skywalker. Not just the whole Jedi Academy and Kylo Ren thing. That's that's something that I think that, that JJ and Ryan have given a lot of thought to, but he's like, I came up with a whole thing about what happens to him after return of the Jedi. And I was trying to get him to tell me, well, you say what, what happens to him after return of the Jedi. And he said, look, you know, none of that's going to be in the movie. So I don't want to say he doesn't want to, you know, offer his version. And then there's a different book or a, animated series or something that tells a different story but in his mind he came up with a whole story of where Luke goes after burning his father's remains on Endor and it sounds like it's not good he's like I needed to come up with reasons that Luke would be so dispirited that here was this optimistic young guy who has now become cynical and 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 and, and fallen and broken in his older age so he came up with this whole backstory for him and he said he really loves the idea of uh, a, a, a cloned Luke taken from his hand, his severed hand, who's evil and causing havoc in the galaxy. He really likes that idea, but he goes, no, they wouldn't. They weren't going for that. He just wants to play it. Yeah, I think, well, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I The idea to me is just like, oh, like,
0: you know, the old expanded universe, how there was Luke. You just add another you? Like vowel or something, and then that's the clone. Was that the clone? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I could see him desperately wanting to, to play that evil Luke. But, oh, it's, it's uh, yeah. Hamill asks in the interview, but does he not know her? Yeah. Luke Skywalker would have to know what's going on.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.
0: Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen. If, if Snoke knows what's going on, do you think Do you think there's a possibility that Luke's like, just flipped his force off?
1: I don't know. Well, what the, well, the reason that came about was that I talked to Daisy Ridley first, and she said, you know, here's this girl he doesn't know who's coming to his island with this artifact from his past, pushing him, hey, you remember when you were a big hero 20 years ago? Like, can you get back into the fight? And I said that to Mark Hamill, like, you know, yeah, here's this girl that... He doesn't know, showing up to push him back into the fight. He goes, but does he not know her? Well, he's not going to answer that. I don't think our article is the place to answer that. That's for the movie to answer. But Mark Hamill definitely wanted to, you know, muddy the water there a little bit about whether Luke knows her or not. Now, does he know of her? Has he ever heard of her? I don't know. Maybe he finds out. Maybe he, I mean, like, look, I'm old enough now that I see people Uh, who are in their teens that the last time I saw them they were a baby and it's like oh my god I can't believe that baby I met 15 16 years ago is now this big big kid you know playing basketball or whatever (laughs) and um, maybe that's the case maybe she shows up and he's like get out of here stranger and then he realizes oh you're that girl that we dropped on Jakku interesting like you know it might be that he doesn't recognize her, but he knows her. If that makes sense.
0: I then want to hear the excuse for doing that. For
1: dropping her on, the, on yeah. Jakku? Maybe she was a really annoying kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I have two kids of my own. There are definitely times I wish I could drop them on Jakku. Oh, they're they're Be good or I'm going to send you to live with Uncle on car plot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Simon Pegg will talk to you about the prequels for 14 hours. This... Is something that has lit up Star Wars fandom. These two words, oh. and that is Mark- chosen one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those were Mark's words.
0: I know when you wrote th- when you wrote it, you didn't capitalize chosen
1: one, which which apparently are people debating that. Yeah, well, I didn't give that any thought, so they shouldn't either. I didn't even think about capitalizing it.
0: I only know it because that's what people, like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't think that. But do you do you think that Mark Hamill's just sort of saying that flippantly that, like, Kylo Ren was, you know, he's the chosen one? Or is he referring to Star Wars? Is he making a sweet prequel reference there?
1: I guess I should have asked him to clarify that a little more, you know? since it's now such a hot topic for debate, I interpreted it as every generation there's a chosen one, right? A a leader of the Force. Someone to pass it on to. And You know, that there's no longer a thousand Jedi roaming around. And that the Force chooses someone who is its best candidate. Like the Dalai Lama, you know? Mm Mm-hmm that there's a lifespan for a force wielder. And since they're uh, extremely endangered species, (laughs) there will be somebody who comes to the fore who is, uh, who has special force sensitivity. That's the way I interpreted it. And other people now, other fans have really read into that and brought their own theories to it. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I think I just took it as him saying he thought Kylo Ren was like the star pupil, the one that he would train and pass his knowledge on to the way. I think he even says this in the quote, the way Obi-Wan did to Luke. Hmm. Now, in terms of the broader Jedi mythology of there being a chosen one who brings balance to the force, you know, you've, I never fully understood that prophecy anyway. Was there imbalance in the force when those Jedi council guys were talking about it, when they had a monopoly on the force and didn't even know that there were Sith out there. You know, what does bring balance to the force mean? what does the chosen one mean? I think it just means he thought Kylo Ren was the next big thing and that he was going to, pass his knowledge on to him and that went horribly wrong I'll make you a star baby yeah I think the way I
0: interpret it is there was this prophecy they thought it was Anakin Anakin ended up killing the Sith dying himself and then if what we're reading here what we're seeing in the new film if Luke Skywalker just went yeah I'm chilling on that force thing That's a lot of balance to the force. Mm -hmm. From, From all these
1: force users to no one using the force. How do you balance a seesaw? Well, you can stack people up on either side and get exactly equal weight or everybody could get off. That wouldn't balance it though. Sure it would. It wouldn't sit flat. If you got off of the seesaw? It would always tip to one side. No. You reckon you could hold it? If you just everybody gets off at the same time and there's nobody weighing either side, if you push it down, yeah, it would stay. I reckon it
0: would naturally just go down on one side. Shall we go to a park now and test this (laughs) out? You
1: don't really see seesaws in parks anymore. You notice that? That's a relic of the past.
0: Too dangerous. Parks in the '80s, man. That's somewhere where you could really go and break an
1: arm. But I, but I think yeah, that that's people are reading into the chosen one thing. And they're, they're certainly free to do that. I I didn't capitalize it because I didn't think that I didn't think of it as chosen one, meaning a specific prophecy. Yeah. So,
0: you, so to summarize your answer, mm-hmm. you think Hamill was more just like chosen one rather than prequel reference. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are angry about it. Angry that he used those words. Oh, so this is the chosen one now, like. Didn't we, like, because for people that are very defensive of the prequels, like that sort of, I
1: guess it might belittle. Who was the chosen one according to the prequels? Was it? It was Anakin. Anakin? Is he actually the one who brings balance to the Force? I think
0: that's how I see
1: it. Yeah. But that's your interpretation, right? I would agree with you because he's the guy who ends the Sith ultimately, not Luke Skywalker. Yeah,
0: but here's the thing: I've put out like over 250 of these episodes. I've never been wrong about anything in Star Wars. Mm-hmm.
1: Here's what I would say: There is no chosen one. Is that the the thing that brought down the Sith and brought "quote unquote" balance to the Force was a combination effort: Luke Skywalker and his father. So there is no chosen one. There is change happens through so love is the chosen one. <laughs> I think Snoke... My theory about Snoke is that he's love. <laughs> he's the embodiment of love.
0: Now, you end the uh, the Luke and Ray segment with, but deep down, the farm boy turned warrior turned exile would also like to meet the hero known as Luke Skywalker again.
1: It's pretty good. Oh, you like that? I thought you were going to say that that sucked.
0: Oh, no. That was... that. I, I was... I found that, like, as someone that has so much emotion wrapped up in Luke Skywalker, that was a good bit of writing
1: there, Anthony. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm glad you thought so. I came up with that right over there in the kitchen. It was (laughs) was late at night, and I came downstairs, like, uh, get a drink of water or something. It was like everybody in the house was sleeping. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about the story and where, you know, how I want to lead it and how I'm going to end it. I knew I was going to open with this idea of meeting your heroes and Ray's disappointed that he's not the hero she wants him to be. And I was like, who is Who is Luke Skywalker? Because that was a question that um, JJ said was important to The Force Awakens. Who is he? Is he the guy we think he is? And I think that question is has not been answered yet. So I was like, who is, Rey- who is Luke Skywalker? That's a question Luke Skywalker is asking too. And I... And so who do I think he is? Like, what is the defining moment for Luke Skywalker? I don't think it's uh, defeating Darth Vader because he didn't really defeat him. I don't think it's uh, him choosing to fall off of that gantry at Cloud City rather than join his father. I think the moment that defines Luke Skywalker, meaning the thing that is most Luke Skywalker-y about Luke Skywalker is him walking to the rocks on Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen's farm and staring off at the twin sunsets. That the thing that defines him is not blowing up the Death Star or any of these other things. It's a yearning to go out there and discover what what his future is. And because Luke still exists, he's still wondering, what is my future? What is my role here? Who am I? And so I thought, that's how I'll end it. I'll say Luke Skywalker is still there, looking on at those twin sons, metaphorically, uh, and that he would still like. Ray wants to meet the hero Luke Skywalker, and that Luke Skywalker does too. He wants to meet that. And that's true of everybody. Don't you want to be the person the myth that that people have built up around you. Even if you have little kids who maybe think you're the greatest thing in the world, like, you know, you're always like, yeah, I guess I'm kind of a loser though. So you hope that they don't find out about it. You want to be the good guy that they look up to, you know? And uh, I think that's true of all of our heroes is nobody is ever as great as the best thing they've ever done. And in a lot of cases, they're never as bad as the worst thing they've done. But, but I think it, everybody wants to meet the hero that they could potentially be. I would like to look in the mirror and see that guy. And I think that's true of Luke. So I came up with it. And then the next day I sat down on my computer and I was like, shit, what was that thing I was thinking about last night at 3am? I couldn't remember it. Cause I was like, Oh, sometimes I'll think of something I want to write and I'll type it into my phone. Like I'll wake up and grab my phone, and t- type it in. Like, so I remember it. And, uh, and i didn't do it this time and i was like i had something that was good what was it oh my god oh my god but then it came back to me and it was the idea of luke wanting to meet the hero luke skywalker so i'm glad you liked it Ah, oh, i i it, loved i was it. afraid maybe it was a little too purple no the pros there but i'm glad you liked it
0: no i i thought it was i i was impressed thanks i was like bresnikan <laughs> 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 makes up for that ray pun <laughs>
1: there you go <laughs> <laughs> a shame about Ray, but there's a, he has a good or a good Luke Skywalker closer.
0: The uh yeah, you've got to write that stuff down, especially between the hours of twelve and seven.
1: Those thoughts It they, could it very nearly slipped away, they but will it was, fleet.
0: I sometimes think of an idea for a joke when I'm watching something, and I think I'll remember it. Mm-hmm. Like how like how could I forget this? This is such a good idea. And then I'll forget it, and then I'll have to watch the movie again.
1: What was I... Yeah, it triggers... Because yeah, it will generate process. that idea yeah. and
0: it will just be like seeing a truck go past with a... It would be something oh, yeah. so... Yeah, it's such a weird thing the way the brain works like that. I hope you're enjoying this really fun chat with Anthony Bresnikan and it is brought to you by Movement Watches. If you are in the market for a new watch or a new pair of sunglasses and you want something with great value, classic design, quality construction and styled minimalism, I urge you to check out the range at mvmt.com. Forward slash steel wars. By using the slash steel wars at the end, you will get 15% off plus free shipping and free returns worldwide. Join the movement at movement.com forward slash steel wars. I guess one of the things that is thrilling. And uh, causing debate in Star Wars fandom online is is the Porgs, our, our little penguinly space friends. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Porgs, like do they actually play? They like, like the because people go, "Oh, they're Ewoks." Do you know what I mean? They're, they're the modern day Ewok mm. or whatever. But the Ewoks sort of
1: like had a had a role to play. Yeah,
0: they shifted the story in a huge way. Do you think the Porgs like like? add like a a plot twist to the film or they're just like a, a bit of a B story for Chewbacca?
1: I don't know. I think it's possible that they're... What we've learned time and again is that it's the most humble creatures that are the most noble, you know? And the ones who dress themselves up in finery like Snoke or the Emperor who project the aura of power... Are actually brought low by scruffy little teddy bears you know i like the ewoks my favorite thing about them i would say is that they blink dick Dick. i think that's a master stroke of filmmaking (laughs) going back and saying you know what these need to blink that's what? what was wrong with them. <laughs> <You> um, <laughs> but I think- uh, you, I, you, you,
0: you know you've just w- made thousands of people's day by
1: trolling me like that. I'm team blinking Ewoks. Oh. Because uh, people
0: ask me, they're like, are you angry that the Porgs blink? And I'm like, no, because they blink from the start. Mm-hmm. From day one. Like one of the first things I saw them do was blink. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing you've seen them do so far right pretty much yeah yeah but yeah so congratulations you you know I, I i comment on one pun that you make and then you turn against me i've
1: been waiting for me. Yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna set him up i'm gonna be nice to him for a while and then i'm gonna bring out his bizarre unhinged hatred of blinking ewoks but i think i actually like that it's a david and goliath theme that i think is, resonates through a lot of storytelling classic storytelling and, uh, you know, whether Luke discovers that the Porgs hold the secret to something, I don't know. Or they might just be a fun little bit of background comedy yeah. and a, an a excuse for not taking some of the seabirds out of the background shots of uh, shots on footage they shot on Skellig Michael. You know, that's okay, too. I, I doubt they're a major player, but I think, you know, they maybe they come through at a critical moment.
0: I hope they do. It looks like from one of those photos that there are porgs in space because Chewbacca's got his headset on. Mm-hmm. He's, he's flying. Yeah. And there's a porg riding shotgun. Yep. Do you think the porgs will have separate names?
1: No. They're just porgs. I think they'll just be porks. Hmm. I think they look a lot like Grumpy Cat.
0: Yeah. I like Grumpy Cat. Yeah. I also have to tip my hat at you that you gave making earth what was, what was that website called <laughs> <laughs> making dot com. yeah yeah you gave uh making star com a, a bit of shine with their uh
1: well they do good work over there look they're really intrepid and they break a lot of stories and uh you know they had the porgs before anyone so what am i gonna pretend like hey here's this thing you sir, i think a lot of star wars fans have not seen them but if you follow making star wars you have so you know i thought it was only fair they got the scoop on it so Give a shout out to Jason Ward and Amanda and company.
0: Hmm. But that's that's very Bresnikan of you. That's I, I honestly like wholeheartedly very much appreciate that about you.
1: Oh well, you mean like what? Just trying not to take credit for other people's work. Like I'm he, the first one who ever did that, by the way. <laughs> 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 that's something I invented. Excellent. Excellent. No, I think look, I, when I break news, I like to be credited for it, and uh, you know i think it, that, that that you just have to do that
0: mm. yeah i think sometimes people like that work in the corporate nerd sector I'm, I'm just inventing words it's like well this is the first time a publication has broken this so this is our scoop sort of thing yeah. there, there's a bit of that sort
1: of mm. hoitiness. well i think look th- th- we're in a competitive business and uh you got to embrace that you've got to try to win right you got to try to get as many scoops as you can and i'm fortunate that i'm in a position and i've i've made connections and relationships over 20 years of doing this that allows me to reveal a lot of new star wars stuff to people and uh i really like that and i like being credited for it I, and i think other people in in this business including some who've worked for ew you know when they write about something and somebody else has written about it as well they like to pretend that that never happened You know, that doesn't exist and we're just going to write around it. And as much as we can ignore that, this has already been revealed. Right. And I don't think that that's a way to go. Like, for instance, today, as we're talking about this, the news just broke that uh, Stephen Daldry is in talks to direct an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Now, my editors say, hey, here's this thing. And and I've talked about the possibility of an Obi-Wan movie before. It's been floating out there in the ether but Boris Kitt, the Hollywood reporter, he got the scoop on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my job then is to connect with the people that I know in both official capacities and sort of his background sources and say, is this true? Boris is really reliable, but maybe somebody lied to him. You know what I mean? Like I, would, I trust that dude almost the whole way. But you never know. Maybe he's wrong. So you call and you check, and if somebody flat out says, no, it's not true well, then maybe you got reason for doubt, right? But my sources say, no, it's pretty true, but it's still very early. That's why we're not confirming anything because we're just having a conversation here. We may not go with him. As you and I were talking about before the podcast, sometimes filmmakers will leak that they're in talks for one major film because they're trying to close the deal on another one and that ups their asking price. I'm not saying that's happening here, I don't know, but that has happened in the past. So there's always a question of whether it's true, whether it's not. So while I'm writing that story, I'm getting my own verification, but I have to credit the Hollywood reporter, even though there are rivals and I would have been delighted to get that scoop before them. I'm going to credit, not just the Hollywood reporter. I'm going to do it prominently in the middle of the story or at the top, you know, after we do our lead and all that credit them right at the top. And I'm going to credit Boris Kitt because he's the guy who did it. And I think a lot of other folks would pick that up and, credit thr and hyperlink thr and bury it in the story so that there's no reason for you to click on their link and then pretend like it didn't happen like they've given credit that's as much as they're going to give they're going to acknowledge that it came before but otherwise uh i think i like to just turn the spotlight on and say nope they had it first here's what they said and you should go there for the full story Mm. uh that doesn't hurt me you know uh, I would love for them to stop at my story first and they're way <laughs> to, to the, the Hollywood reporters' story. But um and I work to get my own confirmation and my own information about how how, how real this Obi Wan movie is. But I've got to give him credit for it. And I and I do that because I hope for the same. One of the reasons we do the stories I one of the reasons I roll out the stories about Star Wars the way I do is if we put everything out at once as one, like I could also take that stuff and write an expanded version of the cover story, one story, put it out there with the photos. And that would be that. Um, but I, I want, I like to spread it out because I think some things just deserve their own moment, their own topic. But the, another reason we spread it out is, uh, there are certain sites out there that would take everything we have and every picture we have and just put it on their site. And uh, you start to feel like the old man in the sea. You, you catch a big fish, but as you're rowing it into shore, a bunch of sharks come and peel it off. So you end up pulling a skeleton onto the beach. (laughs) And that's not cool. I've talked about this in the past, too. I call it bellocking. There's a little bit of a Lucasfilm reference. Bellock, the uh, rival archaeologist from Raiders of the Lost yeah, Ark, yeah. who says, uh, Dr. Jones, there's nothing you can you have that I cannot possess, <laughs> <laughs> or there's nothing you possess that I cannot take away. I'm misquoting Bellock there. Um, but I call it bellocking. I, I've gotten something. I've made it through the channels, through the caverns. I've avoided the poison darts of the giant rolling boulder and you've just taken it from me and put it on your site i love pickups but i kind of wish people would would pick up the story and say hey there's a cool luke skywalker ray story over at dw here's a couple of quotes from it and a photo but you should go over there for the full story yeah and some people do that like uh jermaine lucier over at io9 will will do a pickup that way and i really appreciate it i'm grateful to him for that courtesy and so um you know, we were talking about making Star Wars. Like, uh, I'm going to link to their Porg story. They had it first, you know.
0: It is one of those things where treat those how you'd like to be. That's it, exactly. Treated. But then I, I found in in some of these endeavors it's this is how I got treated once, so this is how I'm going
1: to treat everyone. That's not a way to live your life. New, you know? But no it's also hard. It's easy, it's easy to put up shields and say, I'm just going to pretend like everybody else is a jerk and and nobody has anything good. There are entertainment reporters out there who are like that. Nobody, every story that you run, well, that's not a story, or I already knew that. You, know? mm-hmm. uh, you see that especially in the awards beat, which I used to do, the Oscar beat, is that there are a lot of Oscar bloggers out there, and no Oscar blogger, Uh, and so many of the Oscar bloggers not all of them they follow that Gore Vidal mantra of uh, it's not enough to succeed others must fail you know it's not enough for me to have something good I have to say you totally suck and are an asshole so um, I I just try not to do that so it's not because I'm like such a perfect guy I just think it's just how I try to try to live you know with the Obi wan film, that
0: would uh, another thing that you, another little Easter egg that you slipped in here was your uh, Kenobi Ray parentage, yeah, theory that goes way
1: back, to and before the Force Awakens.
0: You, 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 do you get that every line that you put in these articles is, yeah, it's. Like, this is
1: a Pruder film, analyzed. Yeah, right?
0: yeah. And, and gives people hope, makes people angry. Like, I was listening to this podcast. It's called uh, Sky Talkers, and it's hosted by these two great Star Wars fans. It's Caitlin and Charlotte, and they read that with the link to the Kenobi theory that you had, and they were just giddy with excitement. Oh, they were excited. I oh, thought you were going to say they were angry. Oh, no, no. They were just like... Thank you, Bresnikan. Thank you. So, your Ray Theory is... I've got a great t-shirt that's coming out.
1: Your Ray Theory is awesome. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. It's, um, it's in... It, it should be back tomorrow. This is a good plug. It's like the Mattel logo and it says, I'm Ray's parents. Oh, that's cool. So, you can be Ray's parents now. Uh, so, you have this designed already? Yeah, it gets back from the prince tomorrow. Cool. I'll, I'll
1: send you one, buddy. Right. You can you can
0: be Ray's parents. I'm Ray's parents.
1: Maybe, you, oh, you, and then you... I can. am Ray's parents. My little girl was Ray for Halloween. Ah, how sweet. It was, but the only bad part was they have a little parade at school. School's just around the corner there. Uh, they bring out all the kids and walk them through the parking lot and all the parents take pictures of the kids in their costumes. And when her class came out, I was all set to take her picture and it was hard to find her because... I would say 60% of her class, the girls were dressed as Ray.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I actually, last year was my first Halloween in America, and Halloween in Australia is not a big thing. So I was amped and I couldn't find, I don't have any crafting skills or anything like that. And I couldn't find like a me sized Ray costume. And <laughs> I, I was devastated.
1: That'd be cool. A boy is Ray. There could be boy Rays. Yeah. That'd be cool. I've seen them. I've seen them. I are sick. So that's, that theory is one I had from. A ways back because I'd heard back in 2015, early 20, did I write that in 2014 maybe? No, I think it was, I think it was still 2015. I'd heard that one reason they weren't going to make an Obi-Wan movie before episode nine is that they wanted to figure out what Obi-Wan's connection to these new characters may be. Mm -hmm. And that he was being deliberately left out of The Force Awakens, addressed by name. Now his voice is in there as we saw when the film came out. But nobody talks about Obi-Wan, right? Remember Obi-Wan? and Here's his history. Like the, uh, He's just sort of you know, obliquely referenced in that Force back. That sequence. would have been a good deleted scene. Do you remember yeah.
0: Obi-Wan? Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, that's like the bad exposition in a movie. As you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi was the hermit who was a, one of the last Jedi who trained Luke Skywalker. But um, in a way,
0: he was mentioned subtly hmm. with Kylo Ren's name
1: yeah with ben yeah of mm-hmm. course but nobody I mean, what i mean is he wasn't brought up as exposition you know harrison you, ford
0: harrison ford didn't go ben! ben ben that was named after obi-wan kenobi this weird dude i met for three days
1: yes i think ben, that is one of harrison ford's best performances that one word the way he says ben because he had practice doing it he called him when he was a kid right that was like what he would that's why i yell at my kids yeah <laughs>
0: No, because he's son- out of here for school, Ben. No, his like, son's name is Ben. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah. But he way he says it when he calls to him while he's out on that that bridge, uh, I thought that just the way his voice breaks just a little bit, but not fully. Like it was strong, but it was it was hurting, you know, to say his name.
0: Yeah. And I think for the viewer on that first night, one of my favorite things is remembering Feelings that I had when I saw scenes for the first time, and I remember that one of just like, oh my god, he's named Ben. Like there was,
1: like the way he delivered it, and then there was the realization. It's like, oh my god, he's named after Ben Kenobi. So nobody told me, oh, we're gonna make Obi Wan Kenobi Ray's grandfather. Like I've not heard that from anybody in an official capacity, and I don't know that that's gonna be the case. The reason I theorize that he might be, he might have a connection to Ray, is when Daisy Ridley gave an interview to a Japanese TV station, she was sitting beside, I may have, this may be even in the story that I wrote way back uh, that I linked to. She was sitting beside Kathy Kennedy and the interviewer said, tell me about like, what's your character's connection. And she, to the past characters. And she says, well, my character spends a lot of time alone living in this junk on Jakku in the desert. So that should tell you something. And, the, the fandom immediately, almost everybody said, oh, she's Han Solo's daughter because she's alone. They were making the connection with Solo. My, my argument was Solo, Han Solo, the only thing Solo about him is his name. He's a gregarious guy, he hangs out at taverns, he gambles. He's not a loner by any means. The guy who was a loner who hung out in the desert was Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Ridley, Daisy Ridley said that that, part of her character should indicate where she came from and that's why I drew that connection now maybe she's a clone of Obi-Wan you know I like all the theories that she's the Emperor cloned but she's a girl and like the cloning resisted
0: being an exact
1: match and that she's actually I think that would be a cool thing for her to find out I am this evil thing not like Luke my father was this evil thing but I'm going to be different what if she finds out no I am a clone of Emperor Palpatine does that mean I'm destined to be evil or can I choose a different path? As we know with Star Wars, you can always choose your own path.
0: I always wonder like with these theories how they could be explained on screen succinctly. Yeah. Like the Kenobi one, like the spirit of it, I love that now Luke is has the opportunity to teach, you know, the the offspring offspring of who taught him, but how do you how do you say, like, how do you explain the yeah. chain of events? Original Trilogy did that.
1: Darth Vader said, I, I am your father. I yeah, but that's simple. Story.
0: I am your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's co- more complicated.
1: A little bit. I'm sure f- that's for Ryan Johnson to worry about. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Our job is to come up with a theory. Still, Maybe it is. It's his job to make them presentable on screen. Now
0: um one of the things that you touch on with with Carrie Fisher is you know that her you know devastating death isn't going to impact episode 8 but it's sort of don't you think it has to like the
1: way they edit it well i'm sure they're thinking about it as they're editing it but they don't have any new footage of her and they're not they say they're not changing footage now maybe they Maybe they're cutting it or editing it in a certain way that resolves it. Because um,
0: if you look at the like, I, and it's promotional material, but the D twenty three thing, like that was edited in a way to oh, sure.
1: to, to, to to emphasize her and yeah. Her farewell. And, and
0: I and I don't mean that in a negative way.
1: I absolutely adored it, but no, I think they they that changed. The way things are being presented, for sure. Now, whether how much it changes the actual story, uh, I don't know. Mm. I mean, I I think what they're saying is, when they say we're not changing the story as a result of her death, I think what they mean is they're not going to suddenly let's kill her off, or let's say she went to live on a farm. <laughs> you know what I mean, mm. or whatever. I think they're saying we're going to keep the story as it is, but sure. I mean, they live; they're editing it with a certain perspective now, so I would presume, yeah, if they get a chance to add a little, like, little bit of uh, bittersweet emotion to that, then, uh, then why not? But I don't think that they're I, they're they're altering the story in order to explain away Leia's absence. Mm,
0: yeah. What got me excited in the article? One of the things, one of the many things, was. Andy Serkis' performance as Snoke. Yeah. Are you pumped for that?
1: Definitely. He gets more to do this time around. So, and we get to see him in real life, not just as a hologram. Yeah. I like him as Snoke. I think he's really cool as that character. So, I want to see more.
0: Yeah. Ryan just seemed sort of pretty charged up about that as a performance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if a dude can make me believe that the monkey on screen is legit... Give me wrinkled up Hugh Hefner.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think Andy wore some prosthetics to kind of shape his face because the because Snoke has like oh, okay has deformities. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were theories out there that there's a puppet that they're going to have him be partly a puppet, and you know I talked to Andy himself and uh, not interviewed for this story, but uh, sort of off the record at Comic Con and. And I've talked to people who've worked with him, and uh, and Ryan himself said, "No, it's all Andy that they had a puppet for reference." Yeah, I, I think that's. Lighting, where, I think that's where the confusion is. And that is it's the... a maquette, but it's not. It's not a fully articulated like. Uh, it's not. It's not. There's not a puppet playing Snoke. Is mm-hmm. that you have a puppet for camera moves and things like that? Yeah, And interaction with other characters, but otherwise, it's Andy.
0: Yeah, I think there was um, because there was that that maquette on that is life-size that that's where the confusion was now what did you think when you got the photo of the caretakers
1: it took me a while to warm up to them i thought this is a little this is a little weird and then i thought it reminds me a little of the dark crystal remember the dark crystal yeah um what i like about it it, first off it's goofy because it's turtles in prairie Prairie clothes.
0: I reckon it's so sick, huh? I reckon it's rad. Just like these, like turtles dressed up. For it's a-
1: weird. I call them uh, middle-aged mutant religious turtles. <laughs> like <laughs> handmaids on a half shell, caretaker power. Uh, but I think I think it's cool because, like, look, aliens in in Star Wars are anthropomorphized. You've got a freaking shellfish, a lobster, as admiral of the rebel fleet, right? that's no more f- fucked up than the caretakers in little house on the prairie costumes. Like, and the way Ryan explained it to me is that these were amphibious creatures that he envisioned rising up from the oceans, drawn by the forest to this primeval Jedi temple. Like that's cool that over time they would evolve and they would sort of take on human characteristics and that they wear these clothes. And I love the idea of a, a religious order monastic order in this case they're all female so they're nuns reminds me a little of the name of the rose remember that movie with uh sean connery as the monk investigating murders in medieval i don't know where it was england maybe or france but like yeah he's at this cloistered community of religious people and there's this sort of byzantine mythology all around it and in this case yeah these are not there aren't caretakers elsewhere in the galaxy. They exist solely in this isolated place, looking after and tending to these rudimentary Jedi structures. Okay. So these So I was like these
0: structures it. are so important that the force has like
1: has compelled these beings to come out. To and
0: evolve. Tend- to come out of the water. Yeah. I just love it. I just I remember when I was a little kid and I had this poster book and on the front cover was a Gamoran guard. And I was just like how do, you, how do you imagine this? A green pig in a suit with an axe. <laughs> yeah. Like, who comes up with this stuff? And I just love Very that. Cool. It's just like, it's these giant female turtles dressed up. It's like, I couldn't, I, I, like a million, a million me's for a million years with a million typewriters could never have come up with this. I think it's cool, yeah. I
1: think it's sick. And I think, uh, you know, the interesting thing is on Skellig Michael, there were, it's a, there's a real monastery there. Did you know that? Yeah, I I I thought I'd never thought about it. Irish, there was an order. The whole the island is just this jagged rock sticking out of the Irish Sea, and an order of monks rode out to live on this inhospitable stone. Built little stone structures for themselves, but what do you eat if you live on a tiny island like that? You eat fish if you catch them. Pogs. You eat porks. They literally would feed off of the puffin eggs and puffins on the island. So I wonder, I think the porgs are a food source, (laughs) but they're cute, (laughs) but they're delicious.
0: I did not know that people were eating puffins. So in real life, in the real life
1: version of Star Wars, porgs are eaten. What I think is interesting is- Ash is going to be devastated about this. Octo and Skellig Michael have a lot in common. They have these little orders that live on there that eat seabirds. There you go. Interesting.
0: The article was awesome. Thanks.
1: You have amazing
0: access, but you utilize that access with your fandom and with your journalistic skills you know, really well. Thanks.
1: Star Wars fans are, are better off for it. Well, that's nice <laughs> to hear. I hope so. It was a really fun week to be so... Fun- it was busy as hell, but like, I was really happy that people liked the stories and wanted more.
0: That, that makes me glad i'm happy to supply it i'm glad you said it was a fun week if you said it was a hard week i might have to jump over this table and
1: well, it was a lot of work but like i found it really satisfying so it was a happy week for me you know well, my wife comes home How'd your day go well great i got i put out a story about the porgs and everybody went ape
0: <laughs> now
1: i feel like a kid gets to hand out the christmas presents yeah
0: i've i've got my hopes up super hard on this one like I I went into Force Awakens thinking it was gonna be pretty good, but and you know, and it was. But there's something about now that the table's been set, that this it could be this is in my realm that this could be the best Star Wars film ever. How do you feel about this statement, Anthony Bresnican?
1: Uh I think it's better to keep expectations in check. Because you can start to imagine a film that just can't, no film could live up to.
0: I think this is going to be the worst Star Wars film of all time. I would
1: say like go in with high hopes for something that's weird and different. Uh, Like best Star Wars film ever. Like, I don't know. I think Rogue One benefited from the fact that people went in expecting a disaster because they heard all this talk about the reshoots. That was pretty good, Hmm. you know? And I felt vindicated because I had been writing about the reshoots and people were like, oh, you're softballing it. And I'm like, well, no, I'm saying there are major reshoots, but here's what they're reshooting. And uh, it doesn't seem, it seems like it's an effort to deepen character. And when you find out what they had before and what they added, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm glad they did that. Um, but people went in expecting something not great. It, it was great. <laughs> it was fun. You could just build something up so much and it I think it becomes a problem. So I would just say like, if you're happy with what you've seen so far, that's take that as a positive sign. Okay. But, but you know, I, my wife hates this part of my personality where I, I just try to keep things in X, ex, keep expectations managed. You know, like I, I wrote about the dark tower movie and from set and from the interviews that I got I thought this seemed really good I liked Idris Elba as the gunslinger I thought Matthew McConaughey was pretty charismatic as the man in black and somewhere between my set visit and the release of the film the filmmakers themselves stopped putting out trailers and stopped talking about the movie and you could tell something was wrong right and the movie I didn't think worked out that great Um, and I'm disappointed so I try not to hype things too much I try to write about it from the perspective of Here's the intention that the filmmaker has or the actor has. Here's where they're going with it. And it sounds promising, you know, but it's up to the movie to live up to those expectations.
0: So like in your wedding proposal, it was like stick with me and you'll have a moderately satisfying
1: life. I'm saying I'll do the best I can. (laughs) (laughs) But Jill, my wife is always like, Oh, you should be more happy and excited for like, uh, for this. But like, I'd like, I, I think it's promising. Okay. You know, because I I, I think it comes from doing this job is I'm not trying to over psych thing, overhype things. I don't want to overhype it because how many times have you heard? Oh, this movie is going to be uh, win best picture. It's going to be the greatest film ever. And then you see it and you're like, oh, that's the, that's little Miss Sunshine. Like uh, it's good. But you would have enjoyed it more if somebody had told you it was the most amazing thing. It's hype versus backlash and we are caught in a constant cycle of it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm like that sleazy French bowler on The Simpsons <laughs> where he was like, it's not the deed, it's not the memory, it's the moment of anticipation. <laughs> yeah, I like that's the true. I like all that stuff. I think it's awesome. Yep. When I'm actually sitting in the cinema about to watch it, I'm sort of like, oh... I was having so much fun.
1: Oh, yeah, there it is.
0: Anthony, thanks so much for your time. Thanks My so pleasure. much for your uh sharing of uh, all this information in such a great way. Where can the good people of the internet track you down?
1: Don't track me down. I'm not worth it. <laughs> I'm just doing the best I can. I I uh, they could they can find me on Twitter. That's really the only place I am. I have a Facebook page too, but like it's uh It's not as active as Twitter, uh, but they can find me on Twitter at Bresnikan, B-R-E-Z-N-I-C-A-N, because Brez was already taken by the time I signed up for Twitter. Not the Brez, just Brez. Hashtag the Brez. (laughs) Let's get it trending. Hashtag
0: the Brez. Thanks so much, and may that force be with you.
1: Cheers. May the Porg be with you. (laughs)
0: Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed what I had quite a great time making for you, a really fun 90-minute chat with my buddy, Anthony Bresnikan. Now, if this is your first episode of Steel Wars, the lure of the Brez proved too much, then stick around because we have really fun in-depth Star Wars chats like this every week. Just on last week's Steel Wars episode, we sit down live at Meltdown Comics at the Nerd Melt Theater to go one-on-one with Fanboy's director, Kyle Newman. And the reviews on that episode were so strong. Thank you to everyone that tweeted about it. I really appreciate it and I know Kyle was quite moved at the reaction as well. So if you have not heard that one yet, go back and check it out because it, you will you will rethink Return of the Jedi. After hearing that one, trust me. And while I'm on feedback, please at Bresnikan and let him know that you appreciate his time on this week's podcast because... I sure do. Now, if you wanted to support the podcast in a small financial way, as well as getting over 250 bonus full-length episodes, you can join us at the Steel Wars Patreon content club, which is located at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. And for just $3 a month, it unlocks over 250. dollars full-length episodes, we're talking interviews with the likes of Leonard Moulton, Julian Smirk, who was the associate editor on The Force Awakens, and boy, was that an informative interview. Um, And another one of my favorites is, of course, with Nathan Hamill, the son of Mark Hamill, talking about growing up Skywalker, or growing up Hamill, but as the son of Luke Skywalker. It's confusing, but it's a really good episode. And you can unlock that at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. Along with that, we have got new t-shirts shipping this week. As we sizzled on the podcast, the I'm Ray's Parents t-shirt is in, the Blue Milk Classic, Yavin University, and the Supreme Flavoured The Force t-shirt are all going out in limited numbers this week. You can check those out as well as the infamous Your Snoke Theory Sucks t-shirts, and stickers at SteelWars.com. Just hit the merch button. As also mentioned during the show, if you enjoyed the episode, give us a retweet or share on Facebook. It actually really helps us out and is the main way that we get new listeners. And as I've said time and time again, if you pot it forward, get one extra person to listen to the show, then I'll I can't ask any more of you than that. I really appreciate it. If you haven't already, get on iTunes, write a sweet five-star review. And uh, if you are a member of the Patreon content club, you probably had a hectic time keeping up with all the bonus content this week. We had the live call-in show, which we did an extra 50 minutes for patrons. We did a QA, and a a listener Q&A this week, which was about 30 minutes. I sat down with my good friend, Tony, the Gonk Droid Medina for a special show we call Gonk Droid's Trash Compactor, where we talk Star Wars collecting and whatever pops in our mind. That was about 50 minutes and Making Steel Wars, where Jason Ward of makingstarwars.net and I go behind the news of the week's star wars news so that was five episodes up for patreon content club members this week alone Also, thanks to our sponsor this week, Movement Watches, the link for that if you want to check out some really nice watches and sunglasses, uh, really stylish and because it's direct to the consumer, you are not getting hit with that middleman prices and that is MVMT.com forward slash Steel Wars. You get 15% off on that and uh, the free shipping and return if you need, if you hit that link and the link will be on the website and also in the show notes of wherever you are listening to this episode. I should point out that we are a part of the Making Star Wars podcast network. Uh, makingstarwars.net is one of the internet hotspots for for the red-hot Star Wars news and rumors. And they have a podcast network of top-shelf Star Wars podcasts all hitting the topic from different Angles. You've got the mothership. Now, this is podcasting, breaking down all the news. I just listened to the new episode of Rebel Girl with Amanda Ward and Tracy Gardner. The Cantina cast doing character dissections and going deep into the lore of Star Wars. Blue Harvest, Rogue One, a podcast for winners. The Force Cult idiots array looking at gaming Tarkin's top shelf looking at publishing the cargo hold doing collecting and a new member of the crew podcast two one eight seven discussing news rumors and anything star wars they're feeling like go to making star wars.net hit the podcast network button at the top and you will be in podcast content flavor country also while i'm sizzling other shows i appeared on the sith list this week which is a really fun Pop culture wrap-up. So, Star Wars, comic book movies. We talk a bit of pro wrestling. It was a, uh, a really fun podcast. So, check out Araj and the crew at The Sith List. And my other podcast, I Love Green Guide Letters. It is a comedy podcast where we review the complaint letters to the Australian TV Guide, which is called The Green Guide. And a new episode of that also went up today with bill and dan of the bill and dan podcast which was the first podcast pretty much i ever listened to and i was out in ohio so i met up with them and we we had this really fun episode it, it meant a lot to me to podcast with those guys so check that out at Letters.com. i know it sounds confusing but it's a really funny show check it out Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. This week's live call-in show where you guys can call or Skype in to talk about the week's Star Wars news. That will be Thursday night, a night earlier this week. Thursday night in America, if you are in Australia, that is Friday during the day. Or on demand, it will be up on the podcast feed. We're listening to this right now, probably. Also, we're on uh, Google Play and we're now on Spotify as well as iTunes. So, if you use any of those things, click subscribe. It is fantastic. And may that force be with you.
1: Are you going to throw in some tough questions? No. You should. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
0: Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, it's up to you. Also, for more Star Wars podcasting, check out the Making Star Wars Podcast Network at makingstarwars.com.